Did you turn on the news today? I bet you did. I did. For like 30 seconds. Big mistake. It was Fox News. It was Force of Habit. First thing in the morning. Something I've done most days of my life. I instantly realized what I was dealing with. It was actually... It wasn't first thing. It was right after Fox and Friends. I can't even... I don't even care who comes on after. But they were 100% assumptive that Joseph R. Biden Jr. is the president without question. Not only president-elect, but frankly the acting president putting together teams and you know, breaking the Logan Act here and there, what the hell does that even matter, right? It's, uh, you know, it's not Trump, and that's what everybody's excited about in the mainstream media, which now includes Fox in the anti-Trump universe and us, us truly being behind enemy lines. And so uh, we have to use alternate sources. We have to use better news sources like Newsmax, like One America News Network. I referenced them a little bit yesterday. Uh, they're the outfit that Trump uh, uh, retweeted when he referenced the Dominion voting machine errors and the 2.7 million either deleted or switched votes uh, across the country, across uh, battleground states. And uh, that tweet is still up. Uh, OANN, One American News Network, still has the story and the reference. And so we're watching and waiting to see how these audits and how um, these, these uh, uh, deep investigations into Dominion uh, will line up with the tweet that Trump sent because that was a big one, right? We are, you know, he's either right or he's wrong. There's no in between. It was specific. He talked about, uh, I'll look at it here. He talked about 221,000 Pennsylvania votes switched from President Trump to Biden, 941,000 Trump votes deleted. States using Dominion voting systems switched 435,000 votes from Trump to Biden. And this is a reference of Chanel Rion of OANN. So she had tweeted that. And, of course, Twitter has got its red line below that it's disputed. I mean, any question, you might even, you'll share a video of someone filling out ballots or what we have now in North Carolina from two weeks ago, uh, people escorting voters into a precinct during early voting and helping them with their votes. This went on all day long, multiple days in a few particular precincts that we know of in North Carolina. And so it's illegal. It's like harvesting. It's not something you're allowed to do unless it's a family member who you have authorized and, and asked to assist you with your vote. That you can do. Uh, this was actually party operatives, Democrat party operatives, helping people fill out their ballot. You've got video of someone standing feet away, not even near the ballot box, the booth, uh, while someone else fills out his ballot. Not legal. And that's what we're going to talk about today is, you know, what does illegal mean? Well, it means it's not counted. Even if it was a vote that was completed in good faith, mailed in, uh, like we have in Pennsylvania, Rudy Giuliani has updated uh, his claim in the lawsuit that's pending, uh, which will focus on the, uh, the votes being counted without Republican poll watchers being authorized to observe. That's illegal. You can't just allow Democrat poll watchers access. You have to allow both. You can't have them stand 30 feet away after a court order which was obtained. You can't move the machines when you when the poll watchers are allowed to become closer. Also, you can't put boards over windows, which I'm sure everyone's seen. There's so much illegality, it's hard to count. And the lawsuit alleges that not only were these votes, uh, these, these um, poll watchers, uh, not allowed. And, and of course, when I say alleged, there's uh, dozens just in, in Philadelphia and Pennsylvania, uh, dozens of signed and sworn affidavits uh, 
produced by these poll watchers in great detail. These aren't just one-page statements. These are um, statements with appendices detailing um, multiple um, acts of misconduct and impropriety from each of these poll watchers. And so that is part of a lawsuit that is focusing uh, on the Bush v. Gore precedent, right? 2000, Florida, the recount, and uh, the 14th Amendment. And you have to you have to find it interesting that a couple of the Supreme Court justices who will likely see this case, it'll, it'll get to them, were on the Bush team during the Bush v. Gore lawsuit of Florida in 2000. That will be Justice Kavanaugh and Justice Amy Coney Barrett. They argued the case for President Bush, and it is the 14th Amendment, which reads, No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of the law, or deny to any person within its jurisdiction, and this is the key part, the equal protection of the laws. And the Bush v. Gore precedent states, or essentially solidifies, that your vote demands and requires equal protection of the law. So under that precedent, and, and this one will be, frankly, leveraged in multiple cases, but with regard to the 650,000 uh, votes that were not allowed poll watchers from the Republican Party, those 650,000 votes, and that number goes up every day, it might get higher than that, those votes will be charged by the Giuliani team as illegal. And if they are deemed illegal under the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment, they are adios. Those votes will not count. And we all know that those votes will be heavily weighted. They're mail-in ballots, from what I understand. That's close to 80% favored to the Democrat Joe Biden. So that's a big one. It's not the only one. I mean, they're swinging for the fence on that one. So you can't, you can't bank on it. What you can bank is this, just, this is just the beginning. And as they establish impropriety and illegality all over Pennsylvania, there are going to be multiple legal challenges not uh, limited to uh, these 650,000 ballots. You've got the postal workers. You've got the um, you've got other accusations and affidavits that Kaylee McEnany, uh, the White House uh, spokesperson for Trump, who's been outstanding, each night she goes on shows like Sean Hannity and leaks a little bit of these affidavits. Uh, she had a 234-page document which was um, composed of all of these affidavits and the. The accusations, which are signed under penalty of perjury, sworn affidavits, these accusations are shocking. These aren't just a few little details or mistakes here and there. This shows pattern. And that's also part of all these lawsuits is they want to show pattern. They want to ensure that the Supreme Court sees that the Pennsylvania election as it was conducted was flawed and fraudulent and cannot be certified. That's the big one, right? December 14th, when these electors have to certify uh, the, the vote um, for each of these states. That's the deadline. If they can't do it, it goes to the state legislators. Those are favored Republican in all of these states. And you already have a move by the Pennsylvania Republicans in their house to audit uh, their, their election, which is what's happening in Georgia right now. So we're going to keep an eye on Pennsylvania. It's not only Pennsylvania, of course. Michigan is getting underway. They're stacking up similar affidavits, um, accusations that um, show major misconduct uh, within these poll stations, in particular after midnight in the, in the dark of night when these votes were um, brought in and counted when everybody had supposedly shut down and stopped counting. So uh, we know that that wasn't the case. And we know we woke up seeing updates at 3, 4, 5 in the morning 
like in Michigan, also Wisconsin, in Pennsylvania, these massive vote dumps. I swear we'd never heard of these things before this election. All of a sudden, we've got this made-up term. It's like the word problematic. I swear to God, we didn't use the word problematic two years ago. Now we're inundated with it. I want to ask my small but growing audience to never use that term ever. Uh, just say it's concerning. Uh, just just say it's confusing. Just say it's not good. Problematic is a new word, and let's let's be. It's it's awkward. It's problematic, and it's overly used by the likes of Brian Seltzer and Don Lemon at CNN. So let's not be like them and use problematic. Let's just say it's concerning, and there's a lot concerning about these vote irregularities across all battleground states. Um, you know, to follow up, Arizona finished or is close to finishing their count. Of course. It was uh, projected uh, to be for Joe Biden by multiple news networks today. He's already president, right? So, I mean, it's not a projection. It is part of the media's inauguration and coronation of Joe Biden, which they're still mad they didn't get a chance to do that for Hillary Clinton because that was supposed to be a coronation. There wasn't supposed to be an election, and Donald Trump completely ruined that for him, and he's been punished ever since. Speaking of President Trump, he made a brief, but I, I believe, profound appearance today with his COVID update. Uh, This is a man that had a right to be irritated, had a right to be angry during the press briefing today, and I could tell he was. And I've received um, different comments from friends and and colleagues on what they thought his mood was. Uh, Some were very excited about it. I, I particularly liked it because he is somebody that put this together, led Operation Warp Speed, and now we have a vaccine Uh, that Pfizer's CEO couldn't even acknowledge was due to the help of Operation Warp Speed and massive government funding, well over a billion dollars, to Pfizer. And of course, conveniently, the success of this vaccine was announced one week after the election. It's pretty clear, we read the news and, and some of the updates, that they knew this was good to go and it was going to be well above expectations a couple weeks, three weeks ago, but they held on to it. And, of course, Big Pharma hates Trump. Trump's been going after them since day one. Um, you know, and, and regardless, and we all believe he's a great man for doing that. He's somebody that really was the first one to do it. But because of Trump derangement syndrome, his opponents could not acknowledge uh, really the greatness of having a president for the first time go after prescription drug prices. And so he's an enemy of the Pfizer's, of the Johnson & Johnson's and the like. And, of course, this was their chance to um, really put their thumb on the scale sit on a little bit, a little while, not care about people that are ill and potentially dying, and uh, hold on to the vaccine announcement to a few days after the election. Um, but it's great news, and we're allowed to be happy about it. Everyone should be. But like Mario Cuomo, you're going to have friends that are not going to allow themselves to be happy about it because they are lunatics. They have allowed the last four years, and their emotional response to everything make them unhappy about one of the greatest medical operations and coordinations, collaborations in the history of not only the United States, but mankind. That is Operation Warp Speed. Don't don't be afraid to claim that. Donald Trump is going to get the credit he deserves. Today was the first step in that, and I think he's well, well within his right to do that. And so his announcement today was laying out a plan. I believe it's the reason he canned the leadership at the Pentagon, and he's got people in place that are not going to stand in his way or hold up any massive launch and application and administration of the vaccine nationwide. He's going to use the military, he's going to use the National Guard, and he's going to make it for free. And you will still see people hate it. Well, I think the people that hate it and have been against this 
and frankly have been cheering COVID on. Let's be real. Something I want to talk about. Let's be honest about it. We have people in our lives that are glad that COVID was here this year. They know, like we know, the Democrats had no chance in this election or others without COVID. Trump would have wiped Joe Biden out, even with cheating. And we know there was cheating. Uh, even with fraud, even with impropriety, there would have been no chance. They might not have bothered with the economy where it was, with Middle East peace, with criminal justice reform, with deregulation, the list goes on and on. He would have won in a landslide. And really, if we look at the fraud and impropriety, it might be the case anyway. But with COVID, it gave them an opportunity. It gave them a hero. I mean, this virus was something your friends, air quotes, you have family members, we have people in our lives that deep down were excited about it. Jane Fonda even said it. She said it was a gift. And so they are actually unhappy and were nervous a couple months ago when the vaccine was looking like it was imminent. And it was. And everybody said that Trump is wrong. It's not going to be till next year. You had never Trumpers within the administration underhandedly saying, oh, it's not till April, March. While Trump knew, his team knew this was close. Of course, he couldn't get the courtesy of a notification nor could anybody on his staff, his health and human services secretary, anybody, um, they didn't know. No one told them at Pfizer. The CEO told Joe Biden before he told Donald Trump. So we get an idea of what we're dealing with here. These guys are on board, and they begrudgingly let the American people know that there is a vaccine available, one that it will be highly effective and can be distributed next month in December. That was difficult for these people to announce. And it upset millions because they hate Trump so much. Frankly, they hate you so much. Even after they believe Biden won, they don't want any victory for Donald Trump. And they've ignored the dozens of victories and the dozens of results and promises he's delivered. And it's a list. It's bullet point. It cannot be denied. It should be your response if you're forced to even deal with these losers. And I frankly wouldn't anymore. They're beneath you. Don't debate these people. They've shown us who they are. And like I said last night, they don't want unity. But if you're forced, gun to your head, to have a discussion with these children, then you can, bullet the, you can bullet the list and go through it one by one, and they won't be able to respond. They can't. They'll just talk about racism. They'll talk about bigotry. And frankly, you can keep going down that road and ask for an example. And they won't have one. They might end the conversation, if you want to call it that, forcing you or asking you to denounce something like the Proud Boys or white supremacy or, I don't know, cancer. Well, I don't give a damn what you want me to denounce. If you ask me in a manner that's argumentative, entitled, or forceful, I'm not denouncing it. I doubt I'll denounce malignant tumors if you want me to do it in a manner that's you know, where you're forcing me, you're pinning me to the wall and saying, denounce this or else. Well, then I'm not denouncing anything. Just like Trump wasn't going to do it for the 22nd time at that first debate when, when Chris Wallace and Joe Biden both, their tag team debate, we're asking him to denounce white supremacy and the Proud Boys again. The guy's too busy to even know who the Proud Boys are. If he did know, he'd know that a lot of Mexican-Americans and African-Americans are members. So I find that very interesting that the Proud Boys are all of a sudden white supremacists. And then it's, well, just jump to white supremacy. You need to denounce that. I did. Stop asking me. It's getting old. And frankly, it's offensive that you keep asking me to do it because we know what you're inferring. It's tactical. You don't want me to denounce it. You want it to be the subject matter so you can keep calling me a racist. And so they're going to do that with you. In any discussion about Donald Trump and results for the last four years, or God forbid you entered into a discussion where you might ask, hey, don't you think voter fraud is bad? Oh, that's like melting the witch. They're going to have a complete breakdown 
Because obviously, if you think any fraud happened, you're trying to start some kind of coup. You're trying to steal the election from them. You're trying to trying to disenfranchise, they'll say minorities, they'll say the poor. They're going to come after you and try to make you look like a bad person simply for asking a question. We know they can't win in a, a debate of ideas. We know they don't really have any ideas. They just want to expand the government and uh, force feed us programs like the Green New Deal. And that's why the Senate races in Georgia are so important. The Republicans sit at 50 seats. We should clean up two more. All we need is one. And Kamala Harris is not then the deciding vote. If you can imagine that horrifying uh, picture show, Kamala Harris, if it's 50-50, and somehow the Democrats pull off two more seats in Georgia, uh, then that uh, individual will just leave it there uh, with all her genius and her fantastic couture. I'm sure all your smart friends who voted for Harris because of all her talents and skills and the results she's driven home as a politician are pretty much only telling you how fantastically she dresses and how absolute uh, sassy she is. And so that's pretty much the qualifications she brings to the table. That'll be your deciding vote in the Senate. Now, for people worried about the court expansion or packing the courts, Joe Manchin from West Virginia, who's normally mostly a pretty good guy, he's a very moderate Democrat. He's already said he's not going to support that. So he'll be a vote, even in the worst case scenario, with the Democrats having a 50-50 tie in, in the Senate. You can count on people like Joe Manchin to say, hey, we're not going to go too extreme. And they're even part of a movement right now to try to beg for moderates to come back to the Democrat Party because they're worried about the socialist message. And they should be because the Democrat Party is the socialist party. That's what they represent. And they represent the kind of socialism that we see in Venezuela, that we see in uh, failed nation states uh, all throughout history. And so that's that's freaking out guys like Joe Manchin. And of course, you'll get a couple never Trumpers to get a part, part of this movement. I can't remember what it's called. I went to the website for about two seconds and almost um, threw up in my mouth. I think I did. Um, but the COVID update from Trump, I think overall was fantastic. He had uh, this, some of his lead staff members follow up. I didn't, I didn't listen to it. It was about 35 minutes total, but he did a great job. And he shows how superior he and his administration are to that of Obama and Biden. If you want to look it up, I believe it was Obama's chief of staff not too long ago on video, openly in a, in a, in a meeting, he knew it was recorded, said that they were in complete chaos when swine flu hit the U.S., when H1N1 hit the U.S. 10 years ago. He used that word. He said they were lost and that they were lucky it wasn't as contagious as COVID. So you have the ultimate example of hypocrisy in someone like Joe Biden trying to tell voters that he's going to fight the virus when, frankly, we didn't have a crippling pandemic in 2009, 2010, only because it wasn't as contagious as COVID because per his own staff member, the Obama and Biden administration had, had no clue what to do. They weren't prepared, and they got lucky. And 60 million people, by the numbers I just saw, 60 million people were infected with H1N1. This was a virus that is not nearly as contagious as COVID. So imagine had COVID-19 hit the U.S. in 2009. All these people that have told you Trump wasn't prepared, he, they messed it up. He botched it, and lives are were lost because of him, not China, but because of Donald Trump. These are the same people that were listless, that were lost, and had no clue what to do when a potential pandemic hit the U.S. shores in 2009, 2010. Um, and so it, this, again, is uh, it's ridiculous. You, you're allowed to believe and know it's ridiculous. And, again, questions to ask these people if you're pinned and forced to deal with someone from the left is has they seen that video of Joe Biden's former staff member, I believe his chief of staff, 
uh, citing that they were lost and that it was chaos and that they were lucky it wasn't as contagious as COVID. You should ask them if they've seen that video and ask if they have what they think about it or you know, when they do it, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Again, they're not prepared. These aren't people that look for anything, uh, any information, unless it confirms their emotional, I hate Trump um, f- feelings and, and um, you know, philosophy. That's, that's, what, that's the only thing they want to see in here. And of course, that's why CNN is running the popular vote totals and nothing else uh, 24-7 on their screen, because to them, that's what matters. They don't care if potentially a couple million of those votes are fraudulent. They don't care that the popular vote has no bearing on anything whatsoever. They are trying to brainwash us, and that's one of the ways they're going to do it anytime you're uh, stuck um, watching CNN you know, on, you know, in the doctor's office or at, at the airport because they're not going away, and they'll always, uh, for some reason, be there. I don't know how they got that contract, but we'll be punished with that uh, for years to come. Um, moving forward, I think um, we, can, we can move off the election and, and close with some, with some thoughts on just the culture we're in right now. Uh, we're we're in the baby steps to victory phase. We are in a boring phase. If you're a Republican, if you're a Trump supporter, the legal actions are stacking up, but they're taking time this week as we knew they would. But the urgency is going to pick up starting next week. You know, we're we're less than a month away from the required date to certify this election in each state. That's December 14th, and so it's going to start heating up. We're going to start seeing courts make rulings. Don't panic when you see courts dismiss or reject actions by the Trump team. They're expecting it. The goal is to get this to the Supreme Court. You're going to see uh, mainstream press laud and celebrate uh, the Trump team, legal team, dropping cases. That's going to happen, too. They're taking a a multiple prong, you know, multiple uh, uh, angle approach in all of these states. So some of these lawsuits are not going to hold and are not the primary, uh, really the primary goal. The goal is to show that this election was a disaster, was not, it cannot be trusted and cannot be certified. What I'm hoping for is they're able to actually take these bulk vote dumps and all and, and actual vote examples and show fraud, show impropriety, and, and essentially make, make sure the courts can see that they were illegal for whatever reason. Illegal is illegal. If it's a little legal, illegal, it's, it's illegal. If it's so fraudulent, like we have the accusations in Nevada where people are filling out ballots in the parking lot, those are illegal. We'll get into the federal charges down the road. People are going to go to jail, uh, not for making a mistake, but we're talking about um, different counties treating people differently. One example, too, I mean, I got here in my notes. I don't want to get you know go down the entire list, but you've got counties in some of these states that had different notification processes depending on the party. So you had counties that were letting people know that their their ballot had an error and they needed to cure it and get it submitted so it would count in blue counties, but that same process was not authorized, encouraged, or um, enacted in red counties. And that again, 14th Amendment, equal protection. The votes in the red counties and the voters were not equally protected by the law. That election is going to be uh, under audit. I believe that was Georgia as well. And so you have multiple states, and this wasn't the only one. So you've got all these examples of disenfranchisement of Republicans, of Republican voters who are not notified until after the election that their absentee ballot was not counted. It's just obnoxious. These people knew what they were doing. And when you start stacking up all of the evidence, you're talking about a lot of votes. You're talking about a lot of votes. Georgia's going to be key. They just started their recount, and it is an audit. So each vote is going to be looked at manually 
and then counted based on Republican poll watchers looking right over the shoulder. So it has been verified. They're doing it correctly in Georgia. What we can hope for is that enough votes are seen to be fraudulent in counties like that of Atlanta, Fulton, where we had massive increases in turnout, um, really inconceivable increases in turnout for Joe Biden as compared to Hillary Clinton. And so that one is one to watch. Their goal in Georgia is to finish the, um, it's November 13th, Friday, so Friday the 13th. God, I'm glad I just realized that. Uh, their, their goal is by next Wednesday to have that recount and audit complete. That's going to be an important step. Not critical. Trump does not need Georgia in his path to victory, but it certainly would help. He needs a Pennsylvania-Michigan-like combo. Pennsylvania is going to be critical, but it won't be enough. And Pennsylvania and Nevada won't be enough. It's got to be something like Pennsylvania and Michigan or Wisconsin to get him closer to the 270. But Georgia would be a fantastic shot across the bow against the left if it showed that there was enough fraud to make up what I believe is about a 10,000 plus difference. It's extremely close. Maybe it got up to 14,000, but it's tight. And if you do have batches of ballots that were fraudulently counted or counted and turn out to be illegal, then we're talking the numbers will turn Trump's way because the majority of these contested ballots will be mail-in ballots and those in every state all over the country heavily favored Joe Biden. So uh, we'll watch for that. And um, of course, uh, I will be back tomorrow. I'll watch the news for you. I'll keep you updated on uh, anything else that um, that comes out. You know, there's, there's going to be more news about Dominion. I'm hoping throughout the weekend news cycle, we get some, some real solid uh, evidence of more Dominion errors like that of what we saw in Antrim County in Michigan. I believe we will. I believe Dominion is in full cover their ass mode. If you go to their website, they're denying there were any mistakes made anywhere. But you got a lot of articles popping back up from the past few years with concerns about Dominion and other voting machines covering all kinds of errors and really a lack of security too. So there's going to be um, um, problems discovered, I think multiple and really to a frightening extent with this Dominion machine. I'm reading that some of them are actually hooked to an outside network when they're not supposed to be. So there'll be more on that, and I'll, I'll laser in on it um, as we get better information. But I'll close with, you know, with this. As always, keep the faith. Know that you're right and they're wrong. When you're dealing with people that are not interested in you asking questions, when you're dealing with people that are, that are referring to Joe Biden as the president-elect, they're not correct. They're wrong. He is not. It happens on December 14th, especially in an election that is being legally contested. Everybody on Trump's team is following what the Constitution has laid out. These legal processes, the courts, are there for this reason. And if you are watching good news sources, you know that there is quite a bit of evidence. So this nonsense of no evidence when it now turned into baseless, when now turned into, well, show us the evidence. It's there. We're seeing it. And and we know that we're only seeing the tip of the iceberg. So keep the faith. Um, Be proud to be an American. Be proud that you voted for Donald Trump. But be careful when this starts turning his way. If anything starts turning his way, they're going to come looking for us and they're going to come try to ruin you. If you're uh, a bit too public with it, you know, they're just know that it's um, it's happened to us before and it's going to happen to you again. Be ready. But, you know, we're doing the right thing and, and, and let's not be afraid. And I will talk to you. Talk to you all tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in.